3: This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to The Tom Sumner Show.
4: Another five-minute mystery. An anniversary party is going on at the Brown household around the corner. One of the guests, George Taylor, pauses while eating his dessert. Mm, Best lemon pie I've ever tasted, Mary. Oh, really? I wish my wife could do as well. Hey, it doesn't look as if Sam is appreciating it much, though.
5: Goodness dear, is my cooking that bad? Sam, your head is practically in your plate. I guess he's fallen asleep, everyone. I'm so sorry.
4: (laughs) That's all right.
5: Sam, Sam, sit up. Sam, it's dreadful. I'd better shake him. Sam, Sam!
4: Great. Guns? He's dead.
6: How do you do? I'm Sergeant Barker of the Homicide Division, and this is one of my boys, Mike Grady. Where's the body?
4: In the dining room at the table. We didn't move him.
6: Hmm. Might as well be comfortable, everybody. This will take just a little while. Hmm. Dead, all right. Peaceful, too. Who's Mrs. Sam Brown? I am. You mind telling me what happened?
5: I guess not. I'm so shocked. I don't know where to begin or what to tell you.
6: Well, you might as well begin by telling me what you serve for dinner.
5: Well, uh, we had soup first. Soup? What kind? Mushroom. And then roast chicken, green peas, mashed potatoes, and I served him coffee. But I don't see how this could mean anything.
6: Just routine, Mrs. Brown. Did Mr. Brown eat everything?
5: Yes, yes he did. He seemed to fall asleep over his coffee. Mm-hmm. And when I tried to wake him, I found he's had a heart attack.
6: Yeah, that'll be all for a few minutes, Mrs. Brown. We want to take a look around. Uh, notice anything about this table, Mike? No, Chief. Can't say as I do. Neither do I. Let's look in this kitchen. An orderly person, isn't she? Stacked dishes after each course. Yes, and here's the silverware over here. Ah, oh, look. Look, Chief. One of these soup spoons has turned black. Black? Let me see it. The only spoon that's tarnished, too. Well, I was beginning to think it was a heart attack or the perfect murder. But this silver soup spoon is evidence enough. Uh, Mrs. Brown?
5: Yes, Sergeant Barker?
6: I'm sorry to interrupt your little party, Mrs. Brown, but I'm sure your guests won't mind. Uh,
5: I don't understand.
6: You will, Mrs. Brown, you will. You see, you're under arrest for the murder of your husband.
4: Do you know why Sergeant Barker accused Mrs. Brown of murder? In a moment, we'll hear the solution. And now, back to our story. Sergeant Barker, how do you know it was homicide?
6: Well, Mrs. Brown took careful pains to wash the soup pans and soup dishes before she served the rest of the meal. Yeah, I can see that. But she forgot one thing. To wash the silver soup spoons. What she didn't realize was that an hour later, by the end of dinner, the spoon her husband had used to eat his toadstool soup would give her away. She didn't know that toadstools make silver turn black. Mrs. Brown almost committed the perfect murder... But she forgot to wash one spoon.
4: This five-minute mystery featured the voices of Sean Cantwell, Rhonda Groves Young, Randy Zimmerman, and yours truly, Tom Sumner. We hope you've enjoyed this mini-mystery.
3: this is the Tom Sumner program. I guess this hour is uh, going to be part of um, this uh, new series. It's a, a new original Reacher series from Amazon, and uh, it it, it um, let's see. Let me let me see here. He plays the um, the head cop. Of Margrave, this is uh, of course Reacher, um, based on the Jack Reacher uh, character uh, from Lee Child's uh, international best-selling books, and I think this is kind of a reboot. But we're going to find out all about this uh, this new series. It's uh, the first season is eight episodes long, I believe, and uh, my guest. Is multifaceted Canadian actor Hugh Thompson, who joins me by phone. Hi, Hugh. Welcome to the show.
2: Oh, it's great to be here.
3: And congratulations on the on the new series.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was really a, it's a great uh, project, and it was a lot of fun to be involved with. It's a it's a big show, as they say.
3: Now, is it is it fair because we've seen Jack Reacher movies uh, in wide release before? Is it fair to call this a reboot?
2: I think it's more, um, I, I see it more as a separate thing. Uh, it's based on Killing Floor, which is the first, the first of the Jack Reacher uh, novels. Um, Lee Child wrote, um, gosh, I guess it's, it's crowding up to like 25 novels now uh, with this character. And what the producers and, and, uh, of the show have done is, is take the first one and um, uh, tell that story in eight episodes. So it's not really related to, you know, the previous goes at it, I think, as much as it is uh, um, another interpretation. I think they're, they're you know, they're separate animals.
3: But yet there's uh, so much love for the character, both in the books and in film, um, that it, it, it it certainly can uh, can stand up to a a retelling or a different telling, as in this case.
2: Absolutely, I think because uh, I really wasn't that familiar with with the series. I'll admit when when I first got the material for for this, and uh, so immediately being a, a good boy, I went out and started to read some of the novels. And uh, the f- the first one I picked up was Blue Moon, and I think I ripped through it in a day. It was you know because you really. <laughs> it's it's quite it's quite amazing how um adept the the author is at at uh at uh you know the, just putting things together it just makes you want to turn that page and find out what's what's going to happen next i was driving my wife crazy i was turning pages at night at night and it was not not a popular move <laughs> but uh but yeah so i really i understood then what the i guess i i understood for me what the appeal of the character was and so I got the I got the script and I originally read for for a different uh, character and um yeah and then then I got the role of, I I got the the uh, the uh the sides for Baker uh where I eventually ended up playing and uh there's this one scene in in the, in the show that I thought wow that's that's uh, it just it just seemed to play out so naturally and such a uh, uh the writers have such a gift for dialogue so uh it was a real real pleasure to to send it in and then of course you just send it in and you wait and um yeah it, and it worked out so uh it was it's a great to, uh i think they've done a really good job just kind of capturing the drive and capturing the energy of the novel
3: now how long is each episode are they full hour
2: yeah yeah they they' be an hour um yeah, they well, I guess that'd be. An, I'm not sure about that. About uh, how they do that with, with obviously on Amazon, there's not going to be commercial break and stuff. But I, I would imagine they run roughly, uh, r- roughly that.
3: Um, I, well, I just I wondered um, if they were one hour increments or longer. You know, sometimes in a series like this, they'll do. 90 you know 90 minute episodes yeah you know so
2: yeah i don't know i'm i'm really not sure i, w- I would imagine though that from the, just from the length of the script i uh, from the page counts that we were that we were dealing with I, that was my assumption was that there were there would be one hour episodes so that's that's kind of a uh i'm not i'm not i'm not privy to all the big, <laughs> all those big decisions we'll have to we'll have to put a watch on it when uh, when it comes on the um
3: and and I want to make sure that people know that this, uh, this launched on, um, or, or launches on, uh, February 4th, 2022, are they putting all eight episodes up or will it go up one a week for eight weeks?
2: That's my understanding is that you're going to be able to, I think with, um, that you're going to be able to access all eight, uh, at the right, right off the, off the hop. So I, I would imagine that that's, uh. So
3: after so uh, after of, after February fourth, I'll be able to binge watch all eight
2: episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, that's the thing, right? You get to out there. I mean, it's 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 the. I, I mean, I, I'm kind of I'm not a real binge watcher, but uh, I I kind of. Uh, I oh, get I'm tired terrible. After a couple of episodes. Oh, really? I'm
3: terrible. I you know I get to yeah. you know I I work pretty hard through the week and I do a lot of prep yeah. for all the shows and do extra interviews like we're doing and. I I um I get to Saturday and Sunday and I'm just
2: parked.
7: <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> and, and I catch yeah, I up mean, on all kinds of stuff.
2: Yeah. Are you a fan of the of, of the series yourself? Have you have you, have you read this, uh, the the books?
3: I love thrillers. So, yeah. yeah, this this is right in my wheelhouse, Hugh, and I'm I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing this this take on it.
2: Um, you're gonna love it. it it's it's one of those things i mean if you look at the trailer uh for this where alan uh alan Richson is uh his plays plays jack reacher oh i shouldn't call him jack because nobody calls him jack it's always reacher
1: right, um
2: right. yeah he's <laughs> and so yeah he's, he's quite he, he's uh he's quite interesting as as uh as a as a physical specimen but he's he's uh, also got that uh, he's got it down he, he's a real deal so i i don't think you'll be disappointed if you, if you know the character at all it's uh he's he's quite a he's quite an operator
3: um one of the things that i wanted to ask you because you you alluded to it it just sort of parenthetically but the process for getting the gig how does that how does that happen did you get a chance to Read the script ahead of time. Did somebody just it, you send can, you a cue it, sheet? Yeah,
2: it depends, uh, Tom, on what on what the project is. So with with a project like this, they are very um uh, they're just very careful with with sending out big swatches of full scripts and uh, stuff like that to agents and, and to people. Um, it's kind of on a need to know basis. So you what you would normally get. Um, uh, you know, for me, mostly, most of the time you get full scripts and, and you can read through it and see what, uh, and, and see if it's something you're interested in. But, uh, with this one, um, being the project that it is, of course you're interested and it's not like, um, you know, it's not like, uh, uh, it was an unknown quantity to me totally. Yeah, that's but, true. Uh, yeah, what you, yeah, so what you get is, is kind of a, a, a little swatch of what your character would be engaged in. And uh, then you go from there and sort of you prep, the, you prep that material and, and, and send it by, by, uh, by file, by digital file, basically to, uh, out to, to uh, Toronto or L.A. Or, or wherever the casting is happening. Um, so you don't you know, have this to, is, in this day
3: and age, do actors ever go in person to read?
2: It's, it's something I miss. I have to tell you, uh, I'm, I'm out in Nova Scotia uh on the coast so it it's really benefited me uh a lot i think in the last few years that you do, that you really being in the room is is kind of unusual now just because of uh um covid restriction and the fact that you can you can send such high quality material now over the over the you know uh, just just by a digital file that um uh, it, it's possible to see and, and and kind of intuit what what an actor is like from their from their work on, on camera, but you know, to me, I, I always I'm not great at that stuff. I, I I like to be in the room. I like to be talking to uh, the you know the directors um, uh, or you know producers who are there because you can you can get a better sense of what of what the character is. You're basically just taking a swing and at it and using what you've learned over the years to, to kind of prep something that will pique interest and, and, uh, and you go from there. Um, yeah, the process has really, has really changed. It's, uh, but it, allow, it allows, you know, folks like me to be able to be out, out of a major center and, and, uh, still participate in some of the, you know, in some of this stuff, which is, which is great. But uh, I do miss the days of sitting in the room, going, "Okay, we're looking at everyone's looking at each other and going, in and and uh, here you go." But uh, that, that I'm sure it'll come back. I hope. I hope it'll come back.
3: More with multifaceted Canadian actor Hugh Thompson, who's appearing in the new original series *Reacher*, streaming now on Amazon. Straight ahead.
1: Hello, darling. This is O'Vira, mistress of the dark, with Tom Sumner.
7: Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection.
6: Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program.
3: More with multifaceted Canadian actor Hugh Thompson about his uh, career and his role in the uh, new eight-episode series uh, for Amazon based on Jack Reacher from Lee Child's internationally best-selling novels, Straight Ahead. Once you get picked for uh, the role, um, do you and the rest of the cast then all converge somewhere? Now, this is set in Georgia, but I don't know where it was filmed. We
2: filmed in a uh, in an onion field uh, north of Toronto, Ontario. We had oh, really? Yeah, it was a huge. They they the team put together this huge backlot. It's just a gorgeous. um, I think at that point was the largest operating sound lot, I guess in uh, in North America. They 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 built the town of Margrave um, in this field. It was you know got. Yeah, uh, double wide paved streets. It's got the town hall. It's got the police station, the cafe, the wow. gas station, the barber shop. The whole thing. It was just. It was really, really quite something to see. Uh, when I went up there the first time, I just basically had to tape my mouth shut because it was. It was pretty. It was pretty amazing to watch the work that they'd done. How detailed it was. Um, so that was that was a real. And I think um, to answer your question, we as a cast, we really. Toronto was under such it was very strict lockdown at that point, so we really didn't get a chance to to come together as a cast and do a read through around a table like you'd normally do, which is which is another thing that's just it, it, that 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 I find is a real it, it really uh, it, it's really strange not that not to be able to do that, but uh, we had a we had a read through uh, I think I forget how many people were on this Zoom call but it was it was like 80. 80-plus people who were on the Zoom call. It was just the most bizarre.
3: Uh, <laughs> Your <laughs> screen like, must what? have looked it, like a stamp collection.
2: Oh, God. What was, <laughs> I was, so I'm sitting there, and I'm, <laughs> reading, I'm reading some lines. And then I would disappear, and then I would get booted out of the meeting, and I'd go, oh, God, I'm supposed to be back in there, and Alan is talking to me, and I'm not responding. Uh, I'm trying <laughs> to... <laughs> to refresh my connection it's like it was pretty funny it was pretty funny but it was yeah you know, everyone had a great uh everyone had a great sense of humor about it but it doesn't really replace kind of sitting down with the pages and kind of getting in there and shaking hands and, and and saying how are you doing but it was pretty fun but um yeah we didn't really get a chance to do that and a lot of the a lot of the stuff that normally happens on set some of the uh, some of the fraternization and that kind of you, know, you just you just couldn't do it there was no um there was no way to, uh, to do it, I, I guess, safely, uh, as far as production goes, because, you know, you don't want to be the guy who rolls up with COVID-19 and throws a hammer into the, <laughs> yeah, put,
3: puts everybody in
4: the <laughs> nuts, but...
2: Yeah, or, or, you know, just the, the fact was that we, we were, they were so good and so, so safety conscious of the thing. We were tested. I mean, I don't know how many times we tested on this thing, but, but it was great, uh, because we really didn't have any, any, production hiccups at all as far as that were health related just uh, was really you know it was a testament to how careful everyone was and everybody was really there was a real sense of, of you know we want to get through this and um, I just I, I just wrapped a series for epics called uh, Chapel Wait with uh, yeah. Um, yeah, Adrian Brody here and uh, we the same thing we now that was when it was kind of like pre-vaccine and pre the whole thing so it was it, we we shot up here but again it's it's like you really have to have that attitude that you're just going to uh uh try to protect your your team and, and not uh you know not not be the weak link uh but yeah it was it was it was um uh, it was it's, it's always it's a different experience now on set and uh but it's not necessarily you know once you get down to the scenes that's the great thing when we when we got sprung from i got sprung from my apartment in toronto i was I was living downtown, and so I'd go, <laughs> I'd go up and I'd go to set, and I go, "Oh my gosh, people! I can actually be around people." So it was real. It was a it was a pleasure to be there every day.
3: Well, I wondered about how you would go through uh, the process if everybody would. Um, I, I talked to somebody that was working on a Tyler Perry project, and he mm-hmm. had all of the actors in a bubble. You know, they tested going in, and then they were just, they never left that environment.
2: Yeah, I think, actually, Malcolm uh, Goodwin, who plays, and I'm not sure if Malcolm was on a, i I'm not sure if he was involved in that production at all. Uh, 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 Malcolm, um, he plays uh, Detective Finley, who's my boss in the show, and I think that he was talking about that one day, about that, that, that way of doing it. Um, then you just you really do eliminate all risk it's just uh I, with reacher it was such a big um such a big project and we had two um we had two main main uh um, parts or two main points that we were shooting in and then we had all you know stuff all around the city so it would be very difficult like to get it um yeah to kind of to lock it down to that extent but that said we did you know, you tested every day uh, when you went to sets. Before, you know, before that, the, the day before, and then on set, you would test that day, uh, so that if something did happen, was that it could be, uh, you know, sort of traced and contained as much as possible, um, and it, it really. It, you know, it, it sounds very onerous, and sounds sounds really. Uh, I mean, but you know, I'm when I'm not complaining, <laughs> complaining about it. It was, it's way better, yeah, way better to work than just sort of. Uh, I mean, I could have been sitting there not doing, not doing a a, a great series for Amazon. So I'm yeah, not I'm not trying. Too I'm much.
3: not trying to rank it as as good or bad or what. What's the yeah. best way to do it? I'm just curious how you get it
2: done. Did you do all yeah.
3: eight episodes? Uh, Pretty
2: much, yeah. We out. arrived. I yep. Yeah, I arrived in Toronto, I guess, in April, and then we started. Uh, we started shooting. I guess just later that month, probably. So I was there about two weeks to to quarantine as as here. That was that was a travel restriction that was in place here at that time, and so I was there two weeks, and then we started to shoot. Went right through to August, so it was about a five months um you know five months uh stint there and it initially the whole city was kind of it was pretty quiet it was pretty locked down and and we didn't uh uh but as as time went on things started to get a little bit better there um and it didn't really loosen things up for us very much there was a lot i was <laughs> I was walking around very enviously when when all the sidewalk patios opened and i was like oh dear i wish i could go sit down there and have a beer but uh wasn't going to happen.
3: Yeah, that's a true Canadian.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I wish
3: absolutely. I, I wish I could sit down there and have a beer. Beer.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I oh. did. I have to say, I did go out one night with. Uh, we were uh, getting uh, th- because it was outdoors, and uh, there's an actor named Bruce McGill who. Um, uh, if you if you if you saw this, I mean, everyone knows who he is. It just it, it's just, he's just such a uh, wonderful actor. He's been been around for you know since Animal House and all that kind of stuff. So he uh, he and I went out and had a little had a little dinner one night outside where it was very breezy and we were eighty eight feet apart, shouting at each other. <laughs> so it was quite it was quite it was it was fun to go out. It was like at one point, but. But that was about the extent of my social life through the whole thing.
3: Now, for this, uh, for this project, for Reacher, um, did, did you do you shoot out of sequence? How, how does that work? I, I mean, do they do that so that they can get you in and get all your stuff done, and then and get you mm-hmm. out, or how, how does how does that
2: work? We uh, we shot basically in, in sequence. The the episodes uh, were shot sequentially, um, and there was some overlap with with things that you know as as will happen during the during any production like that. That you're gonna you're gonna have to make up stuff um, because there just just wasn't time to do it during the day, or a location was unavailable, or something you know something happened. Uh, you know, and I have to say, like, but all that stuff. It's, uh, to watch Alan do go through this thing is, as, uh, as a, uh, you know, the workload was pretty crazy for him, um, and, you know, and for, for, for the crew. And, you know, I just can't say enough about those people or it's, uh, but mostly it is sequential. Uh, it just helps, it just helps, uh, everyone to kind of keep their, you know, keep the story, um, everyone on the same page. But obviously, during the day, you you would shoot you would shoot things out of sequence. You would um, uh, there would be a I think it was a nine day block or ten day block for each episode. So you'd shoot stuff on day four. That didn't happen. You know that that that's out of out of the chronological order. But we're um, we're all used to it, and and uh, you guys just have to know where you are in the script and and uh, and uh, and uh, <clears throat> swing for the fence.
3: When you were selected for this role, was that the result of of work done by an agent or was there any kind of a cattle call that you could respond to
2: uh, th- with my agent is uh yeah she she works as a um she's got a fairly small roster- of, cl- uh, of clients and and so stuff like this will will go out uh first i guess in l a and, um, you know, she has connections there as well. So, so that stuff comes up. And then, and with stuff that we'll shoot here, we'll also go out. There'll be a call, a simultaneous call between LA and, and Toronto. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that's basically how, how it works is, is that you, you, your, your agent will, they'll get things, you know, they're called breakdowns, I guess. And, uh, the, the descriptions of characters, she'll submit and see, okay, this person is, is, I, I think that I'm handling can, can do that or, or let's let's see see if that that is going to work out so uh yeah it's mostly uh, with me it's it's there's no real cattle calls i mean you would, i i can't remember but for this for this project i can't remember how many tapes or how many i, I just uh how many tapes that they got just for that one role that i uh, eventually ended up doing it's If you thought about it too long, you would quit this business.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, what I was getting at or what I wanted to get around to is, um, you know, mostly from watching old movies, I have this impression of an actor getting a manila envelope with a script in it and reading the script and deciding whether or not they want to try for it. And, And I just wonder, does it still work at at all like that and and are you ever in a position to say no i don't think i want to do that
2: i've done that before i i think the mill envelope is is that's a that's that's a bygone era um but as far as picking stuff that you want to do uh th- there's you know everyone has their different has, has their comfort level of things that that they want to um that they want to put out there uh, i think you when you use your um you know, there's 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 shows that I, I I've looked at and I thought, uh, you know what, I don't want to I don't want to be involved in that show. I, I just I, I think it's just either either the role is something that you don't think is right for you, uh, or or you just kind of get a feeling that maybe you know maybe it's better for someone else to do it. and and uh, that, that I and, and there's a danger in that. I mean, I think there's a lot of stuff that you can you miss if you if you um saying yes is a big part of this industry so I, I think that that my default is to say yes i'll look at it and yes i'll try because uh if you don't i think you miss out I, it, it's uh uh we we have to you have to listen to a lot of you know, a lot of different uh, uh voices and uh, i think that's the great thing about the arts is that you get to listen to a lot of different perspectives that you maybe wouldn't get if you said oh no i'm just going to listen to you know my own opinion all the time there's a I great, up, up. go ahead.
3: Yeah, there's there's a, a a great story I I read or or heard in an interview or something about Roger Moore when he was uh, still working as an extra and just starting to get roles and he was working on a set with um, Lawrence Olivier and he asked <clears throat> his advice about being an actor and Lawrence Olivier said take everything you're offered and if you're ever lucky enough to get offered two things at the same time take the one that pays more money
2: <laughs> yeah it's funny because it's funny because I, I, I really cause I do a lot of work on stage as well uh, so uh, I've I I've read plays where I thought oh, gee you know what I just don't believe this play. I don't believe this piece. It's, and I think it's almost easier with it with a, with a stage production where you can you can um, you really do have a sense of, of what what the over what the overall arc of things is. in a lot of times you you'll you'll do stuff, I guess, on film, and you really don't know what it's going to be like until you until the editors get through with it. You know, it's it's quite quite surprising when when uh sometimes when you finish you think oh well that was that project and then you go see it and you're like oh wow that's different so the art a lot of the art of filmmaking is not in acting and uh, it's it's in the editing room and uh true and that's that's yeah it's interesting to, to see what i mean i just had a quick story where i i, I had a an offer to do a film i think with and the character was described as this guy and he's he's a maintenance uh, uh supervisor and uh, you know, there's this, this breakdown is like he has a you know, one day he goes up and he has a girl chained to the wall in his in up up, up in his and I'm going, uh, you know what? I don't think I'm <laughs> I'm trying to kinda pass the old chaining people to the wall movie, but uh I got the script and actually was, it actually was a, a physical copy of the script, read the script and thought, Oh, okay. So it's not, it's not that it's, it's something else and ended up doing it. And, uh, it, it was, uh, a film called touched and I'm, I'm really proud of it. It's, it's, uh, one of the that's best funny. things that I, that I think I've done because the director, um, it wasn't about what I thought it was about. So that's a case where you say, yeah, I'll t- you know, you take a look and and go forward. So it's uh, um, yeah, that, it, that that taught me a lot, actually.
3: Context matters.
2: Yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure.
3: <laughs> you you can, yeah. you know. I'm almost picturing this guy with, with the woman chained to the wall, Yeah, you know, <laughs> saying to someone, to a visitor or something, you know, well, there's a story behind that. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right.
2: That's right. It's, it's, this isn't what it looks like.
3: Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, that's yeah. funny. Do you have a preference, Hugh, um, uh, oh, stage versus screen, big and small? <sighs> You know,
2: I just got off stage here uh, uh just in December did a show called um, December Men and uh was about uh the fortunate shooting uh, spree at Ecole uh, Polytechnique in Montreal. And um I I, I don't know it's it it, it it was a tough it was a uh, it's a tough subject and a tough thing to do. Uh, but I think on film um you know those things are a little compartmentalized I, I find it i found it pretty exhausting to be on stage to tell you the truth, but it also it has a, it has a different reward than than being on film. I like going back to the theater because you you get a um i'm not going back to the theater i like doing theater i never left but it 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 becomes a. you you get a, an immediate sense okay um we're being successful we're doing a... we we are we are uh we are here with uh, all of you, and we're going through something shared together, and and you sometimes get that on on, on a film set too. I mean that that does happen, um, where you know you get in a room and all of a sudden it, people are 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 very um, in tune and, and very very alert to the to the to the scene, but uh, uh, much more so in theater. And so I, I I I love them both. There's there's a there's a certain um, yeah there's a certain uh, uh, um, quality to you know at uh, eight times a week you to be, <laughs> you better be ready uh <laughs> to get on stage you know there's no there's no take to
3: well the um when you work in in uh in cinema when you make film as opposed mm-hmm. to uh a television series um, mm-hmm. i'm i'm curious because so much is being made now for streaming, especially over mm-hmm. the last two years, with people sort of stuck in their in their homes, and and you know we were, were joking before we went on the air about binge watching uh, television programs and so on. Um, but is the big screen? here to stay still or, or are we gonna lose it to all of these streaming options and the convenience of consuming media from home
2: i really hope not <laughs> i really hope not I, I i i i have to uh i have to say uh the other night we were my my family of us a, a son and, and uh so we sat down and of course we're uh we we're looking for something to watch. She's you know on on Friday night movie night, so we we got up and I said, "Oh, look at this, Close encounters is the third kind, So we got out close encounters of the third kind from nineteen seventy seven and I remember sitting in the theater watching this movie when I was you know I was a younger person, and just being blown away by you know the 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 whole experience of being in the theater. And when you when you watch it uh, at your house uh, on whatever size screen you have, you are not going to get that experience. When you watch uh, Lawrence of Arabia, when you watch uh, T. E. Lawrence take that motorcycle out and the beginning of that film, that is not the same experience than you know that you get when you watch him do that on your. You know, I don't I don't care how big your screen is at home. Um, I watched Lawrence of Arabia on seventy millimeter in. Uh, uh, in, in a theater and I, and I was, I had never seen it before. And I thought, oh, I'm so glad that happened because it's just an amazing uh, experience to, 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 to go through. But um, I think, you know, you're, you're going to see, um, I guess the trend has been now with the big uh, blockbusters and Spider-Mans and that, that, that sort of stuff and fast and furious and all that kind of stuff will be, will be the stuff that goes to the big screen. I, yeah, I, I think going back to Reacher, I, I think there's a, you know, there's a value in in in, in streaming, and and there's a value in. It. I think they got to uh, over eight episodes, you get to to know more about Reacher. You get to, you get they get to be able to be more detailed than you would if you have to do a a two hour sort of um, you know, blockbuster, because you know you. you that's an action they want. Uh, you, you, uh, you, uh, the default in that in that situation is to, you know, watch Richard bust heads. Um, this one, I think, you get a little more of a sense where what's going on and how, how his uh, how his mind works and how his code works. You know, so it's there's there's uh, there's there's pluses and minuses to it. I I, I just love going to the movies. Uh, <laughs> you know, I hope it doesn't go away, and I don't think it will. I don't think it will. I, I do think there's that, there's that uh, um, it's, it's, it's not a definable thing for me, but I, I just, I, I think when, the, you know, there's, there's a sense of communal, um, yeah, a sense of community when you're in a theater and you're watching.
3: More with multifaceted Canadian actor Hugh Thompson. About his uh, career and his role in the uh, new eight episode series uh, for Amazon based on Jack Reacher from Lee Child's internationally best selling novels, Straight Ahead.
1: Old oh, Radio!
7: place with magical charms indoors indoors
1: indoors take it away
6: hey (laughs) this is the unknown comic and guess what you're listening to the tom sumner show right now And
2: now, and now too, and even now. This is our shot. Now it's up to you.
7: is Rachelle Ray.
4: Hi there folks, this is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office.
5: I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Start your
4: weekend right. Go to 11, Fridays
3: on the Tom Sumner Program.
7: Ellen Sherman, Cleveland housewife and mother. Hi, I'm a nuclear physicist and commissioner of consumer affairs. In my spare time, I do needlepoint, read, sculpt, take writing lessons, and brush up on my knowledge of current events. Thursday's my day at the daycare center, and then there's my work with the deaf. But I still have time left over to do all my own baking and practice my backhand, even though I'm on call 24 hours a day as a legal aid. How does Ellen Sherman do it all? She's smart. She takes speed. The tiny blue diet pill you don't have to be overweight to need collect these paper bags, and I have them right here, all folded and everything. In case anyone needs a paper bag, I have Yes, one. Speed. Because I fold them neatly, you know. I don't fold them just any old way. Why I've not ask them them your family way way doctor for a prescription for today? And, and when that, that runs ordinate. out, you can ask your neighbor's doctor. And your mother's doctor. And your college roommate's doctor. And your best friend from high school's doctor. And your babysitter's
5: Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program.
3: More with multifaceted Canadian actor Hugh Thompson, who's appearing in the new original series Reacher, streaming now on Amazon straight ahead. I want to make sure and remind the listeners that I'm I'm talking with uh, Canadian actor uh, Hugh Thompson, who is uh, in the... Um, Amazon original eight-part series uh called Reacher based on uh, the character Jack Reacher from the uh, Lee Child's uh, novels and and in fact um this particular series of eight episodes is based on his first novel and it's, uh, it's up and streaming on Amazon, and, and you can check that out. Hugh, um, now that this is up and out, um, what's, what's next for you?
2: Um, we, uh, I'm, The next thing I'm doing is a movie. Uh, it's a feature film, a small feature here called um, Dancing on the Elephant. Uh, it's, it's based actually on, on a play. And it's about a woman who is taken against her will to, a to an assisted care facility. And, uh, she doesn't like it and, uh, hijinks ensue. Um, there's a, <laughs> so I get to do.
3: <laughs> it's, it's a merry mix
1: up.
2: Yeah. I get to drop my mom off. So I have to call my mom and tell her that that's just, that's just the movies. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it was supposed to, it, we're supposed to be, uh, uh, shooting now, but they're, uh. We're going to have to spool up later. I, the uh, Omicron had some different ideas for us, so I think uh, we don't have Tyler. We don't have Tyler Perry money
1: <laughs>
3: to be able to bubble it. Yeah, so. that's that's one of the things about Tyler Perry, of course you know he he owns most of atlanta now, doesn't he it's
2: crazy <laughs> it's it's so great i mean it's so great it's just like a i mean he does have his own world he basically owns his own little world and it's it's fantastic you know it's it's a it's a it's, a, it's um yeah it it's just a special you know it's a very it's a very cool thing
3: yeah it is and 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 he did it right um you know he he worked hard to get there
2: um oh yeah
3: but, yeah. uh, Hugh, this has been a, a real pleasure talking with you. We're, we're just about out of time, but I, I want to uh, make sure, as I do with all my guests, that we let listeners know where they might find out more about you and your work, past, present, and future. Do you have a website?
2: I don't have a website, but, you know, IMDb is probably the best place to... to, to I'm not yeah. I'm not a real big social media guy, um, as much as uh, I'm, I'm being... <laughs> Yelled at in the background to get a social media account, but I don't know. It's, uh, I'm of a certain age, I guess, where it's basically, I'm not sure how many followers I would get, but, uh, we'll, uh, it, it, it's, but that, but yeah, do watch for that. Chapel Wade is, is, uh, is another place. It's still streaming on Epics, So that's, that's some work that I'm really proud of. It's, uh, uh, Adrian Brody and, uh, Clutch of Vampires versus the world. So uh, it's uh, that, that's that's probably the best place to catch uh, what I'm doing, other other than Reach it right right now.
3: Well, it looks like I've got my uh, my weekend binges planned. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah. Don't <laughs> don't worry. Yeah, the Chapel was quite fun. Quite fun. Well, if you like that stuff, I had to watch it with my hand over my eyes. So uh, a little bit. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not cut out for watching that vampire stuff.
3: Well, Hugh, thank you so much for uh, spending this time with me and the listeners, and uh, good luck with this and, and everything that you do.
2: Oh, good. You're quite welcome, and i at you.
3: Keep up the good work.
2: All right. Bye-bye.
3: Again, that was uh, Hugh Thompson, and he uh, appears as uh, Baker, the head cop of Margrave in uh Amazon's new uh, original series uh, called Reacher, up and and streaming now. So um, with that, we'll move on. We have more of the Tom Sumner program.
0: Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program.
2: Gentlemen, we are indeed honored to have with us tonight One of Hollywood's foremost columnists
6: Mr. Hollywood himself, Jose Jimenez
1: Thank you Thank you
8: and greetings to you from Hollywood. Here are some of my exclusives Hollywood restaurateur, Prince Seymour Napkin <laughs> Has just opened up a posh new eatery Right next to his restaurant <laughs> Jack Tinsel and Harry Facade have joined forces and have formed a new production company called Jack and Harry Productions. (laughs) And it's right next to their restaurant. (laughs) There's always hope department. Young actor Skippy Wilson, who started out 12 years ago as an usher at the Panthagist Theater, just got his old job back. How about that? Sir? <laughs> yeah. But only part-time. <laughs> Greer Dempsey's divorce suit is finally settled. And she tells me she's delighted to learn that she gets custody of the money. <laughs> but he gets visiting privileges. <laughs> Hollywood's newest Doosum, are Frank Newsom and Helen Doosum. <laughs> here is a real exclusive Rod LaRue has been asked to come out of retirement and go back to work in pictures by his wife (laughs) who says they're broke and he wants to go out and (laughs) Chester Moses has been signed to appear in a starring role in the new biblical film, The Charlton Heston Story. <laughs> Here's a note to MGM. Thanks, MGM, for your generous contribution to the home for aged actors. You gave us what we needed most:
1: 1,876 aged actors. <laughs>
8: An elopement of aging director Boris Klein and the young starlet Lydia Stilwell, people up and down Sunset Boulevard are asking the same question Who cares? (laughs) Now I know some of you people out there would be just thrilled to learn the inside of what's happening around Jollywood so if you have any questions, yes? How
5: can I get into the newspaper business?
8: Do you own a bicycle, sir? <laughs> yes.
1: I've heard that a lot of Hollywood stars are afraid of you. <laughs>
8: you tell whoever told you that that I will break them. <laughs> yes. Is it true that Hollywood columnists are freeloaders? Why don't you have me out for lunch later? <laughs> we'll... Yes, young lady.
0: Jose, what do you think the next big Hollywood divorce
5: will be?
8: Have you been home recently, dear? <laughs> Came here right from work, didn't you?
7: <laughs> well, surprise.
8: <laughs> yes. any other questions?
7: Is it, is it true that most Hollywood
6: stars pay as much as $25 for a haircut and-
8: I'll tell you that later, Mr. Brenner. Jose, as
1: a a Latin, what do you
6: think of counting class?
8: I do it. (laughs) How do you think I took off this weight? Sure, it's great. (laughs) Any
6: other questions? Jose? Yes get all your
8: exclusive stories? I have a secret way of getting them. Mm-hmm. I read Luella
1: Parsons. <laughs> <laughs> this was
0: another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
1: From the Tom Sumner
3: wraps it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner program. Thanks for tuning in and thanks to all the guests. Thanks to Sean Cantwell for kicking things off this morning with a little Super Bowl pregame hijinks and uh, to my uh, other guests uh, this um, Canadian actor Hugh Thompson this last hour and uh, before that meeting the new director of the Flint River Watershed Coalition Patrick Scanlon. Anyway, uh, have a great weekend, everybody. I'll be back Monday morning with another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. We'll be doing kind of a Valentine's Day tribute, and uh, I hope you'll uh, come along. We'd love to have the you. Good Tom Sumner Good night, everybody. is a
0: live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions.